Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So Rami was right. Rami was there. right. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. That was a line drive off the top of the wall. There it One is. Pino Alonso fires the bat up. He's your home run derby champion of 2019. We got to get into in just a couple minutes here the story from The Ringer, the story from ESPN saying, hey, Timberwolves, make a call on Russell Westbrook. Some some good speculation out there from credible publications. But Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And a conversation about baseballs being juiced and guys like Justin Verlander being unhappy with the lack of transparency turned into us just talking about why baseball needs to fix some things. And so uh, we've got a couple calls here. Let's wrap up this conversation. 651-646-8255. Jeff and Lindstrom. What's going on, Jeff? How would you fix baseball? Guys, I'll tell you what. I'm 56 years old. I've loved baseball all my life. It's my favorite sport. But something has got to change. And I personally would love to see a game clock. Um, Explore that just a little bit more, pros and cons. But if you set it at two and a half hours... I think you'd see attendance shoot up, and I think you'd see interest go through the roof. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. So let's explore the the upside of that would be quicker games, maybe some faster-paced action if the game is close or, right? The downside is if a team is up 5 nothing, And there's just, 15 minutes on the clock. They, they stall. Right. Or if there's 30 minutes on the clock. Right. Like, so you'd almost have, if you put a game clock in, you'd have to have a play clock as well. Otherwise, like in basketball, I took them forever to have a play clock in basketball, also, a shot clock. And I know I'm old guy here when we talk about who they're trying to draw. Although I'm kind of in the wheelhouse of who they're trying to draw, 25 to 40. One of the things I love about baseball is there is no clock. That's one of the great things about the sport is that there is no clock. But they do need a pitch clock. A pitch clock, yes. I think they definitely need a pitch clock. A game clock, I hate. A pitch clock, I think, is absolutely overdue. Let's take one more here. George has a suggestion on how to speed up baseball. Hey, George. Hey. Uh, to an earlier point, I could go Solid point. Oh, no, for sure. Yep. Darn it. Nailed it. Knocked it right out. I don't why could it be like that? It's no, just a bad cell connection. I don't, I, think, I don't think anything else needs to be said on the subject. <laughs> what if George had the answer? Right I think there? he summed it up perfectly. It's possible George had the answer. It's Manfred calling. The phone's right on. <laughs> it's Rob Manfred, actually. No, that was Rob Manfred. 
sabotaging the call because he didn't want people to fix oh, his sport. Oh, because he doesn't yeah. want George to know. Cut yep. this guy's bars down to, down to one. Yep. So, a couple, couple fun stories here that uh, should probably be prefaced. Reckless Speculation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and read you guys a paragraph from this Ringer story, but ESPN's Bobby Marks, who's a regular guest on Doogie's Scoop podcast, mm-hmm. also has the same idea here. Yes. So you've got credible, you got the Ringer and ESPN saying, hey, psst. This is verbatim from the article written by Haley O'Shaughnessy, who I believe is also on the Ringer NBA show. And she says, there's a logical case to be made for each of Detroit, Miami, and Houston adding Russell Westbrook. But I'm here to talk about a team that hasn't been part of the Russ rumors yet. I'm here to be brave. Minnesota, breathe in, Wolves fans, needs to take a long look, breathe out, Wolves fans, at trading for Russell Westbrook. Reckless speculation. With the right trade package, Westbrook and Minnesota can keep each other relevant. Yes, I realize this sounds like the second coming of the Jimmy Butler trade, and no, I don't have mild heat stroke. And yes, I slept a full eight hours last night. Probably has a my pillow, Rami. That's right. Yeah. Promo code uh, North. North. Cool. Mypillow.com. Promo code North. Last Saturday, Gerson Rosas, the Wolves' new president of basketball operations, said the team will be active for the remainder of the summer. Quote, we're not done working. In May, Rosas was hired away from Houston, where he served as vice president, and he was very, very aggressive. In Houston, the article goes on to explain how Houston was hunting for immediate superstars right. and relevancy. And Minnesota, even though the drawbacks are obvious, the contract, etc., Minnesota could be relevant immediately with Russell And the point Westbrook. that she also makes in there is Judd that... Judd is so done with this. this no, 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 no. I hate the idea. It's a good conversation. <laughs> no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. You're no, done, I'm, I'm done not... with the idea. I just don't like the... I think it's a bad idea. But the point she makes in there, I don't know if you touched on it, Phil, is that... A trade might be their only avenue for adding a superstar to Carl Anthony Towns. This isn't, first of all, they don't have the cap space if they want to go into the free agent waters next year or the following year. They just don't have the cap space. They're handcuffed from that standpoint. And the other point is, I know people don't like to hear it, this isn't a destination for NBA players. Guys around the NBA are like, man, I'm going to go play play in Minnesota. They're thinking about... Bright lights, beaches, nightlife, the things that young NBA players want that aren't necessarily what Minnesota is known for. So a trade... and Skywiz. I'm not saying it has to be Russell Westbrook, but a trade is probably the only realistic avenue in the near future to pair Carl Anthony Towns up with somebody. It is, and every time every time a player that, let's say you draw, you draw the line across the league and you say you got to get a top 20... For sure, top 25, probably more like top 15 or 20 player to pair with Carl Anthony Towns if you want to maximize his career here and if you want to have a chance to win a championship, which I know like that's even, you can't even like wrap your head point, around that with the Timberwolves. At but. this point, my goal, if I'm the GM, I'm not even thinking championship. How do I construct a good enough team to make Carl Anthony Towns happy in the interim until we get to talk realistically talking about championships? I don't want to turn around in a year or two and find myself. In, a, in an Anthony Davis or Paul George situation. Yeah, and part of that would be putting someone next to him that, right. that is maybe not as equal, but someone who's close, right? Right. So I would hunt top 20 players that become available via trade because you're probably not going to get one via free agency. And right now, the only one that appears to be available, at least publicly, is Russell Westbrook. Now, if I had assurances... 
from D'Angelo Russell and his camp and the Warriors that they're just using him for one year because Clay Thompson's going to be out until like March. And when Clay Thompson gets back for, you know, 2020, 21, 22, it's just going to be really hard for Clay, D'Angelo, and Steph Curry to be together. That's the path, though. I would wait a year to get D'Angelo. The Westbrook contract scares me. The age scares me. The personality scares me. I go back to, to this. Uh, Westbrook and Butler might be different people to a certain degree, but we've sort of seen this act before now. What Phil said is, is if I'm going to chase, if I am Gerson Rosas and I'm going to chase something, it's going to be the confidence that, that uh, D'Angelo Russell is going to spend one year in Golden State and I can trade for him. And in the meantime, too, I can then put Carl Anthony Towns with the guy that he likes. Because you can't dismiss that. This is not fantasy sports or rotisserie baseball. This is not, let's accumulate all the talent possible and it's going to, to be great. In the NBA especially, if the personalities don't work together, it doesn't work. So I would be far more, if I was going to lean towards the side, I would be far more apt to lean towards the side of go to Golden State right now and say, what are we thinking here? And I would spend the next year working my butt off to make sure that if D'Angelo Russell is going to be moved after 2019-20, that it's going to be to me. And I'm not going to take on Westbrook, the personality, the age, and the contract. So, Rami, would you rather... Would you rather gun for Russell Westbrook right now, or would you roll the dice on let's let's say two options for next summer because there's another one that's floating out there too. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell being available via trade next summer, or Bradley Beal being available via trade from Washington next summer. Bradley Beal doesn't do much for me. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a superstar on the level of what we're talking about to make it worth staying for Carl Anthony Towns. Like you said, top twenty more realistically, you probably need a top fifteen type of player. I don't think Bradley Beal is that. D'Angelo Russell is intriguing, but if you don't pull that off, the clock is ticking. I've been saying this since I got here, and it seems like people are finally starting to take it seriously. The clock is ticking towards Carl Anthony Towns wanting out of Minnesota if things don't change here. If you wait a year and don't get D'Angelo Russell, that's a year down off that doomsday clock. You just wasted a year. Of Carl Anthony Towns and got closer to him wanting out of here. But if Westbrook comes here and alienates him, same thing. At least I tried. At least I didn't sit back and and and, but you, and hope. But you you if you do that, you're you're doing a very uh, baseball like thing in a sport where it's very clear the path to keep players happy involves also pairing them with players that they like. If also, I was in the front office and I had like a seventy five percent or better idea that we were going to get D'Angelo Russell next year, I'd sit back and wait. If it's not quite that high, now I got to go and do something now if it's possible. So, I, and that's where I'm at. I'm, I'd rather wait for D'Angelo Russell because the timing of their ages line up better. The I, I actually think, I'm not going to say that, West, that, that D'Angelo Russell is going to be a better individual talent than Russell Westbrook, but I think he has a better chance to be a little bit more like deferring to Carl Anthony Towns in certain situations. Westbrook would come in and you know what? If it's his turn in his mind to take 14 shots in the fourth quarter and ignore Towns, like we, we've seen him do that with Kevin Durant on his team. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning too, the clock, the clock is ticking, but it resets once you get D'Angelo Russell. If and, you get D'Angelo Russell. If. Well, I think it's when in my mind. I think okay. it's going to happen. All right. But we have to wait a year <laughs> for it to happen. <laughs> we'll see. But the clock resets. I'm just saying that's a big gamble. 
That's a so it's Westbrook though. Westbrook's a big gamble. It's too. a huge gamble. Westbrook could actually expedite how fast yes. the clock. Like the clock could move faster if he, if he gets to. I'd, ra- I'd rather gamble on action than on inaction. But we're dealing with the league where if said star player is not happy with your acquisition of a second star player, that's expediting him saying, "Get me out of here." And besides, you get Russell Westbrook, and I know it's it's not a contract people are clamoring to have, but he'll still be an asset a year from now. If things don't work out, trade him. Same thing that the Warriors are thinking with D'Angelo Russell. He'll be an asset. There will be somebody who will take him off your hands if it gets if it gets ugly, and it, or if it's just not working here. If you feel like they don't jive together, I mean, it would be. I, I would have some post traumatic Butler stress syndrome situations happening with Butler. And it, it would, sell, be, it would, it would sell some. I'd also make sure I had assurances that this was someplace that he wanted to be and 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 could. Could foster a good relationship. Butler with was the Carl same Anthony way, my Thomas. man. Came here and couldn't have been happier. Four months in, decided he couldn't stand it. Yeah. In a dysfunctional organization, again, a lot of the things. Dysfunctional person, uh, yes, and Westbrook is too. And a dysfunctional organization. It's not either or. A lot of the criticisms that Jimmy Butler had of the Timberwolves organization, top to bottom, were valid. But his handling of them were his awful. approach was bad. Yeah, exactly. But the criticisms still valid. That's not this regime anymore. This is a different regime. So I don't expect Russell Westbrook to get in here and be like, why is this house on fire? I need out. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, That's I, what Jimmy Butler said. I also love, and this is where, if, if you don't get Russell Westbrook and you're going in and you're just sort of, you're waving the white flag on playoffs if you don't get a second superstar this summer, it looks like the Wolves are just going to have to bite the bullet and go into a loaded Western Conference this year. Not ideal, but it is what it is. There, you could even see it in summer league. You watch some of these games, and we just talked to Danny Cunningham, who just his plane just landed from summer league, and they're not taking long twos in summer league games. They're taking threes and close shots, and they're playing what move the idea. ball off. I don't get it's it. Modern offense. I just don't get it. What a concept! Like, what are they doing? Insane. And apply that to actual I like those long talented twos. players like Robert Covington and Carl Anthony Towns, and what can happen? They'll probably surprise people if they just play even with lesser personnel and fewer superstars. They might actually surprise people by playing basketball the way that it should be played in 2019. I don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Those long twos were fantastic. <laughs> we actually have a Songs by the U-Log song about long twos. They should get rid of the three-point line. <laughs> let's fix basketball. Should have done it last year. Let's fix, let's fix let's basketball. Let's go back to the old three-point play. That's it, okay, Rami? Would Curry still shoot from out there just because he can? Yeah, of course he the would. Line was shoot from mid-court. You think he cares? <laughs> Oh, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. And when we come back, Rami, we're going to have a... A moral dilemma that I find myself on the fence about. So excited for this. All right. Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North goes back in time and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30 and 30 game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. It's Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. Thank you, Jonathan, Mackie, and Judd with Rami here on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. If you don't have that, go get it. It's free, and it's awesome. You can stream us live. You can download and subscribe to all your favorite podcasts. Give us those sweet, sweet five-star ratings. Leave your comments, and it's also your one-stop shop. For all written content from scorenorth.com, available for Apple and Android. It's free. Did I mention it's free? You guys do Is it Reddit? free? It's free. Okay, you guys, thank are you. you guys on Reddit at all? I don't really understand yes. Reddit. 
not like religiously, okay. but I'm definitely I'll I'll go down Reddit rabbit holes. A link yeah. to a Reddit rabbit hole popped up on my Twitter timeline today, and I found this 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 story, the dilemma, the question that it presents, fascinating, and I'm on the fence about it. I don't know where I fall on the question of Am I the a hole? Presented by Big Jelly Belly. On Reddit just a couple days ago. Already like this guy. And Big Jelly Belly says, and this is kind of long, but stick with me. It's worth it. <laughs> what I thought would be a total not issue has ballooned into a huge problem, and I'm up at 7 a, 7.05 a.m. dealing with it. I figured while I wait for a text, I could post here to see if what I did was really that bad. I'm a big fat guy. There's no way around it. I love to eat, which probably borders on addiction, but I figure since I'm only hurting myself, it's probably better to just live my life. I have some great friends, although there is no doubt I'm the harmless, funny, token fat guy. Been there, buddy. Of the otherwise pretty good-looking group, I guess that sets the stage enough. Last night, my friend hosted UFC and I was invited. He got a six-foot party sub. I also brought homemade wings that are sort of my specialty. Well, of course, people flocked to the food, and I had basically one serving of the sandwich, but people devoured my wings, and I didn't get to have a single one. Wait, so did he bring these for the group or brought, just for himself? No, he brought the wings for the party. Got it, okay. For the party. He says, which is totally fine. That's why I brought them. But maybe an hour later, I was starving. I kept eyeing the sandwich, and I'd say there was about three feet of it left. I waited an hour, then another half hour, and no one had touched it. But they were still munching on chips, pretzels, and whatnot. So I was like, screw it. I took about half of what was left and ate it. So he took a, like a foot and a half. He took a foot and a half of sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Then the last half sat for another 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, God. And no one said anything. So I ate the rest. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's the problem? Well, to be sure. It's sitting there, right? As I was swallowing the last bite, the host's girlfriend asked where the sandwich was. Oh. Like I was the guilty party, pretty much everyone pointed at me. I guess they'd noticed me eating the sandwich. She was furious and said that I was an incredible pig and that I had been super selfish to eat three feet of sandwich. (laughs) I felt so bad I tried to explain to her that I really did wait over an hour and thought people had lost interest. I also tried to explain how everyone had ate my wings and she said something along the lines of, You brought them to share, Alan, if someone had eaten over (laughs) half of them themselves. That's not bleeping sharing, is it? I offered to order pizza or even go get Subways, and she said that it was a pathetic offer because the party sub had been from a local shop owned by her friends. I said I was sorry, but the night was so tense from then on out. I woke up this morning to several texts from my twin sisters, the host girlfriend's best friend, saying that I had to get my bleep under control and that everyone is really mad at me and that I embarrassed myself last night. I tried to explain to them what my mindset had been and that they hadn't responded was I the a-hole for eating that much of the sandwich last night? I say no. Now, now I could see where I would have gone and asked and said, hey, are you people going to eat this, right? Maybe. I might have... But if it's going to sit there... Like, the, the most Minnesotan thing in the history of the world is to, like, leave the sandwich, leave the sandwich, yeah, leave the I've sandwich, leave the sandwich. I've heard that's, like, the last slice of pizza will never we get eaten. We don't do that. Yeah, yeah. The we hell don't with that. I'm eating that. So I say no. Minnesotans will cut that piece of pizza into 5,000 pieces. Yeah. So they just keep cutting it in half so that you don't take the last piece. You sure piece. you don't want a little bit more? You sure yeah, you to hell with all that. I'm yeah. eating that last slice of and, pizza. And the other Minnesota thing is, let's say you're at, you're at that dinner table and yeah. there's six people... And there's a there's one wing left, or there's one oyster left, or a piece mm-hmm. of pizza, whatever it is, right? 
And the Minnesota thing to do is to casually, as if you don't really have any interest, but you know, you're like, hey, is anyone, you'll go, Rami, why don't you take that last wing? Jonathan, why don't you take and that I'm last wing? And I'm guilty of this too. Jo- why don't you take and that I, last wing? I do wing? this too. Yeah. Like you want the wing, but you'll go to everyone at the table and say, Rami, why don't you Just take it? Just to make sure you that it? they yeah. don't want it. Yeah. Why don't you right. take it? And you're, but secretly, you're praying that Rami says no. Right. And that Jonathan says no. Let's it's cut Russian, out the charade. It's Russian the roulette with food. Yeah. Cut out the charade, all right? So the Minnesota thing to do would be, I think you're safe in eating the first large chunk of that sandwich because it's sitting there for an hour, right? You sitting there for an hour. Everyone had a shot at it. So go Have take a large got, chunk. For, I, I used to be 320 pounds. This is my mindset. When I was reading this, I was like, this is the voice inside my head. I've been in this exact situation this same exact position yeah is this how your guys brains work when you were hearing this story were you like oh yeah i get it i relate i eat a large chunk of it i don't eat all three feet but yeah, do you I sit there you and eat all three feet do you sit there well, and basically stalk the sandwich you're monitoring the sandwich and like man that thing's still there i'm really hungry for you, sure you yeah. guys do the same thing yes that's not yeah, just a, a fat timer. guy mindset there'll no. be a timer okay. going in my head like well, okay too. it's been well hold on like a second but since somebody this, last touched that is, i'm gonna take some more is there beer here too Probably, I'm assuming. Because if there's booze, I stock the booze. If there's beer, I stock the beer. <laughs> well, there was 23 beers in here. <laughs> Judd's like, well, they were in there for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Come now on. In here. <laughs> and now I drank them. What are you going to do about it? I let them sit there for an hour. <laughs> you know what I do think? I think if you're in this guy's shoes, and, and I realize that, that this is a difficult thing to say and ask, but I think you're in this guy's shoes and the sandwich sits there for that long. So you didn't, like, go aggressively attack it, right? I mean, he took a foot and a half. No, no, but I mean, he didn't aggressively attack it immediately. Not immediately he waited yeah. it out. He waited it out. Shot clock, right? Shot clock's ticking, shot clock's ticking. I think at that point in time, if you're confronted then, you, you've got to own it big time, aggressively. The first, the first half. No, no, I'm saying if you're going to do what he did, I'm with Phil. I eat a big portion, not the whole thing. But if you're going to, if your mindset is bleep it, I'm eating the entire thing, I think at that point in time, you have to be prepared to own it aggressively. So mm-hmm. if she comes after you, you've yeah. got to be like, uh-uh-uh. That You're thing dying sat- on that hill. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> thing sat there. This is your fault. This is yep. also why. And make her cry instead of you being upset. Other people. So would I. Well, this is why, like, the blame other people thing, I would flip that around and say, this is why the Minnesota tactic makes sense. So you eat the first large chunk of that sandwich, and that's fair game, because that's that sandwich has been sitting there for an hour and a half, yep. or for an hour, whatever it is. The second half of the sandwich, the last foot and a half that's left over, that's the questionable part, right? That's where yeah. you feel you're, you're a little... And especially the, the, the amount of time in between the first foot and a half and the second foot and a yeah. half. He's, he waited an hour before he, before he went for the first... Actually, he waited an hour and a half before he went for the first foot and a half of sandwich. Then the last half sat there for another 10 to 15 minutes and no one said anything. Okay, like that. So this is where... 10 to 15 minutes, dude. Is like, yeah, this yeah, is where he that's aired. That's your fault, man. You have to you have to go with the second half of the sandwich. This is where you have to do the Minnesota thing. You have to say to the room, have you guys had any this sandwich is amazing. Are you guys gonna make me eat this whole thing? Rodney, <laughs> do you want this? You want to eat this sandwich? You give everyone in the room a chance to say no. <laughs> so that they can't come back to you and say, What do you I wanted some of the sandwich? But here's the other factor in play. Okay, let's take like a Super Bowl party, for instance. The game is four hours. So the, let's say the food is fair game right away when the when the coin flips the food is fair game and now we have a four hour window. See, this okay? is why I bring out different courses every quarter. Okay. Well, you're always you're super prepared yeah. for the Super Bowl. If you know that it's a four hour window gathering, you have to be respectful that people might want to pick and choose and graze over the four hour period. If you're entering a gathering or going to a restaurant, for instance, 
and there's just a starting point, and then people just like people leave when they're done eating. It's fair to assume if no one has been eating for an hour that they're done eating. But if you're there for, does it make sense? Like, but if you're there for a gathering that has, all right, that we're going to watch a game, and the yeah. game is well, this four was hours. a UFC pay per view. This That's is like where three hours. He made it, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. But you, you made a mistake. Wrong. Is he an a hole? No, that's the question. No, he's, he's, an he's just hungry. But du- yeah. but double down. If you're going to do this, my point is double down. And this is and this is why this is a great example of why you have to be willing to lose friends. Because when you double down, you might lose these people. And you've got to make it very clear you don't care. Like you're done. So you got to go. So if she starts in on you, you make you her the be, bad guy. Exactly yeah. right. How exactly dare you right. call me a pig? Are you fat shaming yeah. me right have now? Have you seen Have you seen my weight problem? Have you guys ever lost a friend over something ridiculously petty before? Pretty close. I didn't... <laughs> I'm sure I have. <laughs> I plugged the hole back. <laughs> plugged the hole back in the dam. I was like, "This is stupid. What are we even doing?" So yeah, I've come pretty wait, close. Wait, wait, hold on a second. But, I feel there's a story here. No, it was not. literally. It was like somebody. It was on a text thread with my buddies from high school, and somebody said something that was pretty harmless, but I was in a bad mood and just snapped on him. Just completely snapped on him. Was hard. He didn't say anything that bad, bro. So just you were like, the a-hole. You just freaked out. Well, kind of. I was like, dude, I'm not in the mood for this right now. Like, just leave me alone, all right? And he didn't. He poked again, and then I then I just went off. Oh well, that's yeah. not your fault then. <laughs> that's we both. If came, you said we came to the conclusion off. that we both shared some fault in it. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> But I've done this. Do you ma- regret not just be- being like, bleep it, I'm done w- with this person? Yeah, I should have just, no, 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 no. We're too good of friends for that. Losing friends is not the worst thing. Down- I mean, downsizing friends is not the worst thing. When it's impossible for you to make friends like it is with me, that's a bad thing. Oh. <laughs> you got, listen, you got the gal and the dog, right? What more do you need? <laughs> Poor Rami. <laughs> Here's what I would have done. Have you made any friends in your five months here in the Twin Cities? I had one friend who was already here. We were, and uh, that's it. That's it. He moved here like a year and a half before I did. We were both comedians in Milwaukee, and now we're comedians in Minnesota. And we're each other's friend. We're so, each other's only friend. Sounds like a sitcom. He's going to say comedians in Minnesota. Comedians in Minnesota. I didn't think of it, but who I will get to work on the, the pilot. on with his smile. As a former obese guy and now just sort of chubby guy. I have I have been in I've been in this guy's shoes time and time again at a party where there's food and here's I had a strategy. People are gonna notice you eating a foot and a half of sandwich at a time, dude. Okay? Don't wait the hour and a half that you waited to start attacking that sandwich. Start attacking right away. Three inches at a time. Every time you get a different portion. Go to a different part of the room or the house so different people are seeing you eat. Because you're very, look, when you're obese, you're very conscious about your, you know your eating habits are disgusting. And you're like, man, are people, do people realize I'm eating another foot and a half of sandwich right now? So for me, to combat that, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Shame. Shame. Um... (laughs) I've been there too. I had a strategy. Like I'd go back like every fifteen minutes, half an hour, cut off like three inches yeah. of sandwich, take it to a different part of the house, eat it there, come back fifteen, twenty minutes later. Cut you're, so, like, you're like the guy who robbed the bank and you don't want to stash all the money in right? one spot. Yes. Move it around. Some over here. Yeah, oh. no. I'm like I don't I forget what movie it was. 
Very popular movie. But they had a scheme where they were just like skimming fractions Office of a space. cent. Yes. Yes. That's it, didn't, what, it didn't work, remember? It, but that's my that's my strategy in going at that sandwich. I'm yeah. just going to shave off a little bit at a time. Nobody's going to notice it. So at the end I of the feel, night, when the girlfriend goes, where'd the sandwich goes? Everybody goes, I don't know. I feel like, though, if, if you, you indeed have a weight problem, like this guy did, mm-hmm. and you get shamed, that is... That is That's just super carte, embarrassing. Carte, but it's carte blanche for you to, to go to town because you've got a problem. To me, what she did to him, not that she didn't have any grounds to be upset, but the way that she handled it, yeah, what, she go, di- what she did to him was that. far worse than anything that he did. Agreed. You know, I think you're on to something here. I've been there uh, before. I I definitely, like when I go to gatherings, family gatherings, whatever, if there's like fr- a free food situation or if there's a, you know, a potluck. I am horrible. I eat everything. I eat nine plates. And so I'll sit down at a table and have two plates in front of people, but I feel weird having like a third plate or a fourth plate. And so here's the play. You just go, you do little drive-bys. You go by, you grab a little chunk of sandwich, a little piece of pizza, eat it as you're walking. Right. Little drive-bys. Yeah. So if he's... You can't just grab a drive and a half a sandwich and no. sit down in the middle of the room and eat in front of everybody, and then 15 minutes later come back with another foot and a half a sandwich. Like I don't think he's an a hole, but it just bad tact. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Bad, bad strategy. Bad, is what tact, you're really bad strategy. Bad strategy. Listen, uh, we're here to help you guys out there, all you <laughs> listeners. We're here to help you with fat guy etiquette. There's a way to not get noticed being obese. Yeah, <laughs> gotta be a little more stealth. There's a way around it. Mackie oh, and Judd with Rami, <laughs> Jonathan, all of us with uh, some good some good tips to offer. We'll wrap with Royce. Royce, you might have some advice in this. I would love uh, to hear his thoughts on actually. this. Would love to hear his <laughs> thoughts on this. Mackie and Judd with Rami, the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app, which is free to download. And uh, our friends at Luther Brookdale Toyota can't really offer any advice about whether you should have eaten the three feet of sandwich left at this party. Can you guys eat three feet of sandwich? So three subways? I could. I think I could. Am I drinking? Yeah, probably. Then probably. You're talking not. one sitting? I mean, over the course of yeah, like he did, like in 50, like half an hour I'm guessing was the span of the whole That's aggressive. Sitting. I can That's put two much. I can put two subway foot down uh foot longs down pretty quickly. That third one I'd be like You'd be struggling. I'd be like yeah. Joey Chestnut at the end of the 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that That's would up. be yeah, that would be a grind. Dunking it in water. <laughs> Oh, that's disgusting. You can get into a 2019 Tacoma, 2.9% APR financing for 60 months, or lease a 2019 Tacoma double cab for $269 a month with just $29.95 down. These are some of the best vehicles in the market right now. Toyotas are durable. They have good gas mileage. And uh, best of all, at Luther Brookdale Toyota, you get... All kinds of knowledgeable and friendly people there to help you and give you peace of mind. If you're like me, you don't really know anything about cars, that's okay. You can admit that. They'll help you out. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Five forty-three here at Score North. The MLB All-Star game is just a little bit away from first pitch here or over in Cleveland. Twins have a couple representatives. Batting ninth today for the American League, Jorge Polanco in the starting lineup for the American League as the Twins representative there. Tomorrow, the ESPYs take place, and that means the 2019 ESPYs auction is live now through July 10th. It's ESPN's biggest and best auction ever, packed full of more than 80 exclusive, one-of-a-kind sports, travel, and celebrity experiences. Visit ebay.com slash ESPN to bid. 
proceeds benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research. Thank you, Jonathan, Mackie, and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And now we welcome into the show here. Actually, let me uh, let me find the right thing here. Yeah, do this properly. Yeah, we welcome into the show the Susan Lucci of baseball writers, <laughs> Patrick James <laughs> Yeah, up for well, the Spink uh, Award for the fourth straight year, Patrick. No, congratulations, third, third, third straight year. Third, yeah, third, come on, I'm third. already anticipating uh, Nick Cafardo winning it next year. It'll be the fourth. Yes, yeah. I, I think Nick will be unanimous. I know I'm going to vote for him. But, uh, and then next year, hopefully, my guy Sarelli will be on it, and if we can make it five years, then that'll be good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so Nick is uh, Nick. Uh, Nick belong, Nick had never been on the ballot. Uh, and I suppose the fact that he uh, died suddenly this year is why he has been moved up on the list. But uh, he certainly was a Hall of Fame baseball writer and deserves to go in. So, Pat, since we know how much you love to talk about yourself, sarcasm, what is, uh, this is a cool, just to be, this is the third year in a row, it's a cool honor. I know that um, that you don't like talking about it, but what is your favorite part throughout the years of just covering baseball? Why do you like covering baseball so much? Uh, I, you know, back in the day, I loved the access. I loved the fact that you could go down and, you know, talk to a guy for, you know, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and talk to him for a half hour. And I loved the pace of the game. And I'm not, I mean, when it wasn't as slow as it is now, but that there were, the drama would build and uh, there was a lot of stuff going on and a lot of descriptive stuff and I found the baseball characters when you it's a different kind of drama when it's 162 games you know it's it's a it's a it's a season-long soap opera and uh, I I always liked that and uh, the five years I spent as the beat guy uh, were probably my favorite years because I love the fact that you know they play 162 games and I cover 150 of them and uh, you know it was no, not good for my liver. <laughs> it wasn't good for uh, you know other family things, but it was great as far as uh, you know. And that's you know that this whole thing to me should go to. Uh, I mean, they, I don't know how I ended up being the guy that keeps going on the ballot to get my ass beat, but uh, uh, the fact that I didn't devote my career to baseball writing, I don't really know why I'm on there. I guess LaBelle decided to get me on there one year, and now they feel sorry for me. One reason is Twin Cities have had a chapter since 1961, and they've never had anybody voted in. So they had to come up with somebody. They're not going to put Sid on the ballot because, you know, he's even more unpopular than I am. So uh, what, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what the, uh, what the uh, motivation is here, but uh, I, I see it as an, an award that should go to uh, – Grinders, you know, guys who spent 30 years covering the baseball on a daily basis. And Nick was, Nick was that kind of a long-term baseball writer. Plus, he was fantastic. So, is Sid upset? Has Sid has Sid come out? I don't don't even. I don't think he's ever lobbied for that one. I I don't know. I don't know if he's, you know, he, he doesn't know who to go to scream at. With saying this one, you know, that was, uh, you know, to get himself in. he wouldn't know where to where to go lobby, I guess, to to make sure he would get on the ballot. You know, unlike the uh, unlike the Minnesota Sports Hall of Fame, which was in uh, 
basically in you know oblivion that had been dropped. But Sid, what the Star Tribune was running, and Sid raised so much hell about not being in it, they had to revise it this year to put Sid in it. So uh, that was uh, the, you can't do that with the the, the Spink Award. So the first Hall anyway. of Fame that had to be resuscitated to get someone in it because he <laughs> yeah, couldn't stand the right. fact he wasn't. <laughs> that's right. Even though. Uh, he, of course, will deny that, and, uh, and the, the Star Tribune people in charge will just uh, offer no comment when asked if Sid lobbied hard to, to have, it, have it restored so he could be. I'm interested to see if now that it's been uh, reinstated, if they actually put in some new people this time around, or if it's just a one-and-done to get Sid another talk. I don't know. Uh, Pat, can we ask you, uh, as as three robust guys in this studio, can we ask you a robust guy food question? A moral dilemma. Lay on it. So we were, we were just discussing this before we brought you on, Pat. A story that a guy told on Reddit. A self-proclaimed big fat guy went to a friend's okay. house for a UFC pay-per-view and there was there was food for the party. He brought yeah. wings. Most of his wings were gone Immediately, there was also a three-foot party sub, half of which got eaten right away, half of which was still there an hour later when this self-proclaimed fat guy was starting to get very hungry. So he waited like 15 minutes, half an hour. That three feet, that three feet of sub was still sitting there, Pat. So he took half. Yeah, he was tempted. He took half of it, sat down, yeah. ate a foot and a half of sandwich. He wasn't yeah. satisfied. Fifteen minutes later, okay. he went back and got the other foot and a half of sandwich, <laughs> then was dressed down by the uh, the host's girlfriend, who thought that he was inconsiderate and quote-unquote a pig, and he was later told that he embarrassed himself and he needs to get his, his, uh, his stuff together. Pat, the question that he asked with the story was, am I an a-hole? Is he an a-hole, Pat? <laughs> Now, what was the time here? What was the delay between the first foot and a half and the second foot? Okay, so he, he, he was it starting to wilt? Was the lettuce and stuff starting to wilt? He said so he was. An, if, it was if I would say if it was an hour later and nobody touched it, go for it, Patty. He said it was Is about he, an, he said it was about an hour and a half before he went and took the oh, that, first. No, he's, he's in. He's in the clear then. If if this if this smart ass. Babe wants to get mad at him. She should have went and got part of the sandwich in that hour and a half. What is she waiting for tomorrow? No, no. There was only there was only fifteen minutes between the first half of the sandwich and the second half of the sandwich. An hour, an hour and a half. I I think he should have waited a little longer between the first another five minutes because when he eats that first foot and a half. He's putting them on warning, right? <laughs> yes. If they want yes. to eat, the warning has been issued. If you want any sub, get up there and take a hop because I might be back. You know? <laughs> got to give them more than 15 minutes. I, uh, my, this, my pick. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, this. I'm a fast eater, and so this happens yeah. all the time where, like, I've had, so there's eight wings on a on a plate, and I eat I eat four immediately, and then I start to ask other people, "Oh, do you want a wing?" And they're like, "I mean, eventually." <laughs> well, it's going to be too late. You got to tell them. I was at a I was at a wedding reception on Saturday night that they had before the reception started. They had or or doors, you know, and they were walking around with them, and they'd walk around with a plate, and. They'd get down to one, and then these Easterners would just eat it. 
And I'd say, boy, this isn't like Minnesota because we'd all leave the last one on there, right? <laughs> we, we, we don't want to take the last one. We'll eat seven of them, but we don't want to take the last one. And uh, that, that's my favorite thing of the when we started working the afternoon shift later on when the when the donuts would be in the in the uh, radio station in the morning and you, you come out at one o'clock and there's a quarter of one donut. <laughs> like 18 of them there, there's a quarter of one donut. You know, somebody says, okay, there's a half. I'm going to take a half of that. I'll yep. take three quarters, but I'm not going to take the end of it. Oh, that I'm would be rude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let alone like the fact that you just you just like massacred a donut with a plastic knife. But like Minnesotans will sit at a at a restaurant table and they will watch a server pick up the plate and take the last thing away before yeah, they will right. eat the yeah, last thing. Or they'll say, "Yeah, it's unbelievable." In the east, you get your. You have your back of your hand stuck with a fork if you're going to. Oh, they're making sure they get it, yeah. It's a little different. It's a little different, that's for sure. Uh, Hey, it looks like decent weather in Cleveland. I looked it up. We're going to play it, right? They're not going to get the monsoon like we just had this afternoon. So let's let's play that all-star game. What do you say? Yeah. Are you pumped for it? No, I I like the monsoon. I'm not, you know life and death, but I, I used to love to cover them, and, uh, uh, you know, I was there for the tie that changed the world, you know, that changed the world, and the, the perception of it, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch I always watch baseball all-star game. Yeah, who do we have? Who's singing the national it's, anthem I'm tonight? interested in it. I don't know. I'm interested in this National League lineup, though, aren't you? I mean, all these guys, all these young guys, and what they say, that's the youngest lineup ever, right? Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, that speaks well. That speaks well. I'll tell you, what would the game of baseball be doing for talent if it wasn't for the Caribbean? <laughs> I mean, because now that black kids don't play anymore, you know, the, how many black guys will be in the All Star game? I haven't looked it up, but uh, you know, they carried this game for decades, and now uh, you know, just thank God we've had the uh, Latin American arrival. Else, uh, the talent situation would be brutal. That's another reason right there, everything you just said. Why? Because we, we did a 20 minutes earlier today on just like baseball, and it started off with the juiced ball and turned into just like what baseball should change. But Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, we get so worried about the numbers and preserving the numbers from these eras. Like Babe Ruth never faced a Dominican pitcher. You know? I mean, yeah. So yeah, why do we true. why but, do we care? Roger Maris never. These guys they they didn't face Venezuelan players. And, well, I, you know, I, to some degree, you're right because I mean, look at the passing stats in the NFL, and uh, you know, nobody screams that Tarkington's records got beat, yeah. do they? Because we, you know, we play two more games and we throw for, you know, back then you you know you threw for uh, you threw for two ten and threw three interceptions and they say boy that guy had a good game then yeah. he two touchdowns three interceptions two hundred ten yards that yes. was the standard of the time you got to look at eras to apply standards mm-hmm. to, I think and maybe the public doesn't do that but but uh, you know baseball's records are were considered sacred but they don't have to be I mean the game is uh, you know you, it, this is not going to diminish. The fact that he's going to end up ninth on the home run list is not going to diminish the fact that Henry Aaron was the best home runner hitter ever for like a 30, 
year period, right? So yeah. anyway. Pat and uh and Buster only coming up for a little yes, thirty minute yeah, we session. Gotta, uh, we got a we got a quickie racy on baseball, but uh Buster uh, nice we had a great conversation earlier today with Buster and awesome. uh, so uh check that out. So, all right, we'll talk to you tomorrow, Pat. Thanks, Pat. See ya. Goodbye. All right, that's uh Patrick Roycey. Roycey on baseball, abbreviated version because at 6.30, the All-Star Game is here on Score North. And the Sage wisdom right there on the sandwich dilemma. That's a man who knows, by the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Got to double down, man. If you're going to take that sandwich, <laughs> you got to be aggressive. He said what I said, though, which was the first half, no problem. The amount of time between the first half and the second half, he overstepped a little bit. You can make new friends. Didn't warrant the reaction that it got, but... Dump those friends. See you guys tomorrow. Three inches at a time.